You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcast on the NBA the NFL and fantasy sports. We are coming to you live on the internet from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA beautiful Uptown Charlotte. That's right. We broadcast some of our episodes live. You can join us, chat with us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash locked on Hornets. We also broadcast this show on our Twitter account at locked on Hornets. It is a hashtag fun Friday. <laughs> So, I don't know, a little basketball talk, but this is a fun Friday. We can kind of open up the conversation to whatever we would like to talk about, whatever you would like to talk about. Enough with your factoids. Let's get back to ball. I'm Doug Branson. I cover the team for Fan Rag Sports, and uh, I've got the panel here with me as well uh, on the screen right now from the capital city, the one, the only, Nick Denning. What's going on, Nick? Just trying to get my factoids straight here, so... You managed to avoid Draft.com infamy. Uh, that ah, honor yeah. this week goes to uh, the the other guy on this panel from the mean streets of Cotswold, David Walker. Congrats, David. You lost our Draft.com challenge, and you now have to do a dream journal, which you will read on the show next week. I've already started logging those dreams. Let me tell you something. <laughs> They're not pretty. So just prepare yourself. I love it. No, it's going to be fantastic. I want these dream. Uh, I want this dream journal to be as detailed, as illicit, as raunchy as it possibly can be. So, eat a lot of mm. spicy foods. Again, I, I just got to warn you guys. You guys wouldn't know, um, <laughs> but with two kids, it's not exactly rim sleep. Okay, I'm sleeping in chunks. I'm sleeping in twenty minute segments. I get woken up every twenty minutes. So. You know, they're short dreams, but I'll tell you all about them. We need chunk plays. That's what that's what football's all about, right? Chunk plays? We need chunk dreams. Give me them chunk dreams, David. Sports. And congrats to Adam for winning our listener challenge and our ticket giveaway. He will be going to tonight's game against the Utah Jazz, courtesy of Draft.com, courtesy of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Make sure to sign up on Draft.com using our promo code L-O Hornets. Follow me on there, L-O-H Doug, and come join our listener drafts where occasionally we will give away tickets. Not every time, but it's still fun. So come and take our money, take our $1 bills, and uh, have a good time. Draft.com. Sign up today with our promo code L-O Hornets. Uh, My first question as we start this fun Friday show, because yesterday's show was, was not so fun. Uh, it was it was there was a lot of uh, serious discussion about where this team is heading on that show yesterday. But I or, I really want to know how the broadcast team dealt with what was happening after what was I think unquestionably the worst loss of the season. Uh, David, were you watching along with the broadcast team? Oh yes, of course I was. Uh, Twitter really helped me during that game. It was fun to crack jokes. It always helps to laugh. But as far as the broadcast team, I mean, Nick, I assume you were watching as well. I thought they did about as well as they could saying, you know, uh, another tough loss for the Hornets. Just couldn't hang in there at the end. I mean, they they try to put a positive spin on things. I think the postgame show, they really touched on 
you know, the major areas, uh, the, the threes and, and the issues they had, just not enough energy coming out with uh, to start that game. But they're pros. So, I mean, they tried to approach it um, in a positive manner, don't you think, Nick? Yeah, it's, it's something they've kind of done all season, um, particularly. They're good at it. Yeah, those losing streaks. You can tell, though, sometimes that they're like, you know, there's like, why? Like, there's no way I can make a positive spin on this. Yes, um, right. Like, you can just you can just hear it in in Eric Collins, you know, always positive voice. There's just a sense of like, you know, like internal screaming that, you know, like things are not going as well as he's projecting it. But um, what I like is that, you know, they, they, they yeah, they're pros. And, and I do, you know, again, you know, don't sideline Steph ready, but she'll come in and bring in some very valid points about what's going on and why this team is struggling. And, you know, it's unfortunately we only get it in these sort of sideline chunks, but you know, no, I mean, it's gotta be tough. It's, it's easy to, it's easier to do that job when they're winning and when they're losing and when they continue to kind of disappoint and it's just, it's gotta be tough to prep knowing that you you kind of have to continue with the positive spin. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a, a number of losses. It is, it is the way they are losing these basketball games. It's how inexplicable all of this is that makes it difficult to answer these questions. Because listen, if if the Hornets were Atlanta or if, if they were uh, Brooklyn, where there is a little bit of a talent gap between those teams and some of the better, some of the the mid level or better teams in the NBA, then it's a little easier to answer these questions because those same players in Atlanta are giving the same kind of answers that, or, or the same kind of responses that the Hornets are giving before games and after games because both teams know what they need to do to win basketball games, but Atlanta has a serious talent gap. Charlotte does not. I mean, Charlotte has the players that have the ability to go out and execute uh, quarter to quarter and game to game and are just not doing it, and that's what makes this whole thing frustrated. So I was interested to see how the broadcast team tackled that. Uh, I tried to tackle it best I could yesterday, but it appears I'm getting a little bit of a reputation around here for ranting. Got, I'm getting like a nickname, what? Doug Ranson. Okay, yesterday, oh. yesterday people felt like I got they got. I felt like I got ranty about the Hornets. Here's what. Here's my question though: Why am I being punished for being passionate? Why Why do you want me to bottle my emotions in a time when everyone wears their emotions and their outrage on their sleeves? Why am I being asked to tone back my rhetoric? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I got to say, Doug, I thought you did a commendable job yesterday. You were flying solo. Yes, give me your love. I need, I need all of to, your love. Well, you had to tackle what was a very frustrating loss. I mean, we talked about, you know, Eric Collins especially. He always brings the positivity. And that whole crew does as well, right? I mean, they are, they're broadcasting the Hornets game from a Hornets quote-unquote point of view. But they do a good job of keeping the energy level up. And I think it's tough. You know, when we're watching these games every night and you're going on the next morning and trying to explain to fans what's going on when there's no real answers, I think that's the frustrating part for you and us as well. And everybody involved, like certainly the team, too. I'm not saying that, but, um, you know, I think a rant here or there is, is well deserved. So that's fine. Uh, but I, I, I understand. I understand that the the uh, viewpoint that I am a little too ranty because this is this is my outlet. This is this is my I don't argue that. This is my platform, and and I am outraged by a lot of things. I'm I'm outraged by Papa Murphy's Pizza and what a scam that that organization is. 
<laughs> I'm outraged by wind. I think wind is unquestionably the worst weather pattern ever uh, to exist. And I have I could go on for 30 minutes about that. I won't. But I, I understand where that comes from. So I'm I'm asking, should there be should there be some kind of penalty? Can you guys keep me in check when I get too ranty? Is that is that <laughs> too much to yeah. ask? Look, I mean, as someone who's a few years ago decided to just like suppress all emotion one way or another covering this team. <laughs> right. You know, you've, I, I you're, I you're becoming, help. you're suppressing all of your emotion about this team. You're becoming what? You're becoming like a Jedi. You're becoming. Well, no, it's just like, I, I you can't just put ever... on like a, you put on like a brown monk robe and, and you do chants during the, the broadcast. Like at a certain point, I decided that if I let myself get too excited or too upset, then it's just going to make things worse. So I just, you know, like it's just better to just like another loss, another win, nice job, or not so good. But, you know, I will say that's been tested this year. Danny on the chat saying Doug kind of had an Alex Jones vibe yesterday. Wait a minute. Hold on. (laughs) I wasn't wasn't offering any conspiracy theories. I wasn't saying that Rich Cho was part of the Burger King Illuminati like I was, or Taco Bell Illuminati. Sorry, Charlie Daniels. I was wrong. Wrong fast food restaurant. I wasn't saying that anything like that. I wasn't purporting that there are any conspiracy theories behind why the Hornets cannot play consistent basketball. Although I will say I do sport the same microphone as one Alex Jones. So I've got I've got that one aspect covered. Uh, Aaron saying on the chat, all I can think about when Doug starts ranting is pita bread. My God, Aaron, why would you do this? Why would you even mention pita bread in my existence? It's another thing you don't like. If you well, if you if you're if you're (laughs) new to the show, it was one of my early food rants about how (laughs) I ordered uh, from this Greek restaurant in Charlotte. Oh, great callback, Aaron. Great And they call. forgot my pita bread. And when I called them, I had to go through yeah. three layers of restaurant <laughs> management. It was a to, day. To was get day. my pita bread. And, and I ordered the pita bread. It's one of, they have some of the best pita bread in Charlotte. And I just wanted it. And I had to call three people to get it to happen. See? Well, did you get it? I did. That's not the point. <laughs> All right. The point is, let's let's rein this back in. The point is, I need some kind of signal. I need you guys here on the show to help me when I do get that way. Because here's the thing. I I have I'm young and I want to stay young and I want to stay healthy and vibrant. I can't have my blood pressure going that high. You should have some of Alex Jones's supplements that he sells. You know, I hear they're the best. <laughs> I need you guys to hear. Did you hear about Steve Clifford? Did you hear? All right, yeah. Let's get to some news. Thank you, Nick. Yes, Steve (laughs) Clifford is return. Will return uh, to the Charlotte Hornets. He has been medically cleared to return to the team. He will officially rejoin at practice on Tuesday, January sixteenth. He will coach against the Washington Wizards here in Charlotte on January seventeenth. That will be uh, his first game back. He has not coached since December first against the Miami Heat. Steven Silas, associate head coach, has been in his place. He has gone 7-11 and as head coach so far. Clifford was 8-13 and before that. Um, this has been a tough situation for Steven Silas, guys. He's had to fill in uh, for Steve Clifford, who 
uh, really is uh, central to the, the philosophy and the standards of Charlotte Hornets basketball uh, as we wrap up the, the Steven Silas era of Charlotte Hornets basketball. What are your thoughts, Nick? On his performance, on Steven Silas, on anything, really, on wind, on pita bread. <laughs> uh, Nick might be frozen. That might not oh, actually yeah, be Nick's. Yeah. There we go. He's back. Frozen. <laughs> All right. What are your thoughts on Steven Silas? David, just go ahead and talk. Okay. David, what That's are your thoughts on This is a good, this is a good yeah. fun Friday. It's yeah, called Hustle, I, Will, Determination. Hey, Doug, in the post game the other night, did someone ask Steven Silas if his still his end goal was to be a, a head coach. I seem to catch the end of some answer that sounded like that. Do you recall anything like that? I don't. I would, I would I mean, imagine sure that, that's what his goal. Is. I would imagine yeah. that it is. Yeah. As a professional yeah, yeah, who's yeah. climbing the rankings. Yeah. You know, I think we've said it over and over again, this is an incredibly tough position for anybody to be put in and out of the blue, especially like not with, with not much notice, we would assume for him to step into Clifford's role. And especially on this team that still hadn't figured things out, that's still very much in the Steve Clifford mold, as you mentioned. Obviously, they know that and they coach to that. But I think he's done an admirable job keeping things together on the whole. It hasn't borne out in wins on the court, as we've seen. And there have been some issues you could maybe take with substitution patterns or some decisions, but that's, you know, that's, you're going to have that with any coach. Um, so I think on the whole, he did, he did a fine job keeping the ship together. It hasn't completely fallen apart. To be honest, it's a lot of what we saw when Clifford was still here. Um, but I'm sure he'll take some learning lessons from this time. And the next time he's got a chance, he might do some things differently. Now, good points, yeah. good points, David. And uh, first of all, we should say that it's, that it's great news yeah. Uh, that that Clifford will be back and that he is healthy enough to return, uh, according to the report from Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer. It had something to do with the intense headaches that he's been dealing with even before the season, and uh, maybe it's we're going to get a chance to talk to him uh, later this morning, so we'll find out a little bit more information about that. Uh, but it's it's, I guess the question would be what will be the effect of having him back on the sideline? And will that effect be significant enough uh, to make a difference for the Charlotte Hornets basketball team that, that has struggled at times with consistency, but they struggled when he was on the sidelines as well. So exactly. is, is this really going to be significant enough a change to, to turn, turn the tide for the Charlotte Hornets? The, the only thing I can think of is that it, you know, like I think that there's like, the team still has I, I sense the team still has respect for him. I don't think that was, I don't think they were losing that before he left. Um, and like, you know, I think if, if things were going to fall apart, they would have fallen apart when Steven Silas took over. Um, and, you know, things would have come out, things like that, but that, that didn't happen. So I think maybe there's at least a small boost of getting him back of knowing that like, he's going to be able to return, you know, like just knowing like, Hey, our coaches is, is coming back. So maybe that can help them a little bit, but that's, that's very slight. So yeah, I don't know how much is going to change. I feel like Clifford's going to come back next week. And you know, like that, the, um, the, the, the gif of um, Donald Glover from community, like walking in with the pizza into his apartment with pizza boxes and his apartments on fire. <laughs> yes. Like yeah. that's, that's Steve Clifford, like coming back to this team. Um, so I, I mean, you know, we'll really see if he can make a difference. Um, I think a lot of this is out of his control, but, um, 
you know, it, it is good that he's back and it's good that like, and hopefully this isn't something, you know, that he's going to continue to suffer from. Hopefully they have something that he's able to manage these headaches now. Yeah, I think it has the potential to fuel a rally, energize the locker room, bring a sense of normalcy and comfort where there wasn't one. Sports are kind of funny in that way, right? It's sort of the small yeah. things that that tend to, uh, uh, you know, spark some kind of action. But but his but his return won't solve the lack of shooting that's on this basketball team. It won't solve the spacing. Uh, that has to come from the individual's task with stepping on the floor. I mean, this is still this this we mentioned this before. Clifford ever exited that this was a play this seemed to be a player's issue and and this you know this coaching staff has a firm you know some some staffs don't really have a firm grasp of what their roster is and what their roster isn't and, and a lot of times when you see fans and media members uh, upset or confused by coaching is when they're putting they're not putting players in in positions where they need to be to be successful. That hasn't really been an issue for Clifford or Silas, and you haven't heard anyone in that locker room at all uh, that's been willing to publicly voice any displeasure for either Clifford or Silas's game plan. So, I mean, really, this just comes down to individual players like Nick Batum, Dwight Howard, Kimball Walker, Frank Kaminsky, Jeremy Lamb, all committing to both individual and team excellence and, and doing that for four quarters. I, I think that's what this all comes down to. And, and I honestly, I hope they start doing it soon because it's stressing fans out. You, you use that, you use that example of the gif of, uh, of uh, Donald Glover walking into a house on fire. And I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen like that, that sentiment expressed about this team, that the house is on fire, that everything yeah. is, is doom and gloom. And while like, it's conf- like the situation is confusing right now, uh, but they aren't. Th- this is what confuses me: is they aren't losing by twenty. They yeah. they aren't they aren't getting devastated in these losses, David. And yet there there is a sense of panic and dread that is setting in amongst the fan base. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, the, the the people who know what the situation is know that they're so locked cap wise for next season. I, I yeah. think the panic is not about what's going on right now in the present. The panic has everything to do with the potential for it to get better in the future, right? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think it's some of both. When you see a game like that the other night, that's just a kick in the gut. Uh, when they came out so hot, like you mentioned yesterday, Doug, they came out like gangbusters and played really well, did what you thought they would do. And I, I went down to Twitter for like 20, 20 minutes maybe, looked back up and they're down. I was shocked. I mean, I didn't know what was going on. And the, the frustrating part about this team is that game was them in a nutshell, right? Like, why were the, the sudden lapses in concentration? Why were their effort being questioned throughout parts of that game? Why were there plays like the Dwight Howard rebound where he didn't secure it? And, and other people had plays like that, too. I think that's the frustrating part for especially people in attendance of those games watching them. You can see it coming. You can see evidence of some lack of focus and that's just hard to explain from a team like this who the core has been here and there's leadership on the team. And more often than not, they're just getting outworked when things don't go their way. Yeah, and you heard Kaminsky say it at practice, like they they let the energy drop after that first quarter. And how do you explain that? How? Yeah, exactly. How? Why? I, I go, you know, I talk to people about the Hornets and they they want answers. And, and I, I simply I, I can't explain 
why a team with the talent that they have, with the veteran leadership that they have, with the the experience that this team has, they've been through a lot as members of the Charlotte Hornets. They they know what this organization demands from them. They know what what makes winning basketball for this team and for themselves, and yet still can't muster it. And that's what that's what I think is where the panic derives from is not being able to have an answer. People people get people fear what they don't know and they don't know why this Hornets team is the way they are and I think it's it's making them upset and it's making uh, our media members upset too. Jerry V from ESPN 7:30. We did this uh, a while back going over his Twitter account. I follow him religiously on Twitter. Love love the analysis from Jerry V on ESPN 7:30. And uh the the Hornets lost a few nights ago. It is it's starting to wear on Jerry V. I'm worried about him. I want to read some of these tweets. He's, <laughs> this was at 8.24 p.m. on the night the Hornets played the Mavs. Dear Hornets, don't lose this game to the Mavs. You're rested and should be oozing with energy. 65-56 to go, Mavs in the third. Please don't piss me off, okay? <laughs> yeah, he's not wrong. <laughs> don't piss off Jerry V. Don't do it, Hornets. Don't do it. All right, this is at 9.01 p.m., Mavs, 94-91 in the fourth. I'm practicing how I will react to this on the show tomorrow if they lose. We'll also have a winner's version ready. The Hornets are making Jerry V prepare two different episodes of his show. <laughs> They're making him work hard, making him work too hard. Poor Jerry V. All right, here we go. 9-10 p.m., the situation getting a lot worse for Jerry V. Don't screw around and lose this, Hornets. Stop busting my you-know-what. <laughs> Man. Wait, hold on. What do you think the you know what is? Stop busting my my microphone. Stop busting my uh, uh, All right. Uh, Remind me never to play Mad Libs with you guys. All right, uh 9:15 p.m. 110 to 105 left in the game. Slamming window on my fingers to prepare for the worst. Oh, wow. Damn. <laughs> Man, so so I was having a fun time on Twitter. Jerry V was not having a fun Jerry, time on Twitter. Jerry is he's he's got to feel the pain to make sure that he's still alive. Nine twenty eight p.m. <laughs> Hornets lose. They wasted Kimball Walker's forty points. One fifteen, one eleven. Dallas in a back to back while Hornets had a few days off. Go figure. Adios, my friends. Oh God, no, Jerry V, no. <laughs> Don't say goodbye like yet. Was that a cliffhanger? Like tune yeah. in tomorrow. See if he I'm just there. didn't tweet for the for like two days after that. Oh, no, Jerry man. V's fine. But hey, I think that's he's he's echoing the sentiments of a lot of fans out there for good reason. It's it's frustrating. Oh yeah, slamming his his fingers. I just the visuals that he has on his Twitter. He really understands Twitter in a way that uh, some uh, some in in sports radio don't. He really understands that. The, the 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 brevity of it, the ridiculousness of it. I love Jerry V on Twitter. Slamming my fingers in windows. Oh, that's so good. Uh, let's move to the All Star game. Adam Silver, Adam Silver, uh, Commissioner of the NBA, told Tass Mellis of the starters that the NBA is leaning towards not televising the NBA All Star game draft. Now, How if you, it's it's Sorry. yeah, extremely disappointing. But I just want to, if you missed this. There are some changes that the NBA All-Star Game format is going to go through. One being it's no longer going to be Eastern Conference versus Western Conference, but instead the teams will be picked by captains. 
But talking to Taz Mellis of the starters, it appears as if this process will be kept off camera. Silver saying, quote, this is a new initiative, and so it may develop over time in terms of how teams are selected. Yes, it would be more fun if we had it on camera. On the other hand, I recognize that in picking a team to perform in the here and now, it's a little different than drafting. I don't know what any of that means. I'm going to be what honest. The hell does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> it's it sounds like lawyer speak to me. It's that's Duke Law School speak from Adam Silver. None of that made any sense, and none of this makes any sense, David. Why would you have team captains pick a team and then not televise it? This is total garbage. I mean, I was on board with this just to shake things up, but now this is so disappointing. And I knew it was going to go down this road, Doug, because they never said explicitly that this thing was going to be televised, which was clearly the only positive thing about seeing this. We can see these guys actually select people Regardless of how clunky and how awkward the the production or the the show would have actually been, that would have been part of the fun. And they can still do it, I guess. He left the door open. But to not televise this thing and then just put the results out, because the results and the picks are going to get out anyway. All this stuff leaks out. That's half of the drama they were trying to establish with this thing, I thought. So to not televise this thing and just to put these guys out and like uh, you know, and the teams once they're made, it seems like a, a big miss to me. The whole point of changing this was because the, the the format had become stale. It had become uninteresting. There was no drama associated with the All-Star game because the players were not really taking it. Look, you don't want to take an, a game that doesn't count incredibly seriously, you know, and there are injury concerns and, and so on and so forth that go along with that. But you had Chris Paul, president of the Players Association, he wasn't selected to the All-Star game, but he was disgusted with what he saw on television. It wasn't it wasn't a good product, essentially. It wasn't an entertaining product to a lot of people because it was not competitive at all. So they cooked this up uh, to maybe make it a little bit more competitive, shake it up a little bit, and then you don't televise it. I mean, we're it's it's 2018. You put things on you put things on television. You don't yeah, send do you get, them to a back room where no one can see them. You do, do you think this lottery? Yeah, that's no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you guys think this changes anything on the court, though? I mean, I'm thinking that's ever. I don't. I mean, all these guys are friends anyway. Like, is that going to change the competitiveness of this game? No. Okay, fine. Uh-huh. Then put. Then then great. Then the one entertaining aspect of this that's is is will will LeBron James pick Kyrie Irving? Will will uh, Steph Curry just pick all of his Warriors friends like that? Th- those are the storylines that people want to see. Right. They want to see them play out live on television, on Twitter. This just seems like a big miss from a league that has it's had huge. so many makes. I mean, they they handle these things so well normally. Yeah, they did a fashion show. They did a fashion show two years ago at, at, at All Star Weekend. That was the first event. <laughs> like this is ridiculous. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually chime in here and say like I first of all I I did even consider the fact that they would televise this so this isn't this is all kind of like oh I guess that I, mean, I, I completely see your point but you do something live um, that that requires a couple of things like when when like they usually have to like we have to know when they're gonna announce this right like so if this is right before All Star Weekend maybe they could get get it to work logistically otherwise they have to get the captains 
in the right spots for this, like during this season, coaches might be like, that's kind of a distraction. I don't want you picking your buddies for a pickup game, you know, while we're trying to, while we're still in season. So you got to figure that one out. I mean, I think they could do a compromise where they tape it and maybe like, I don't know how exactly this would work, but you know, maybe just do some sort of tape show that they premiere later. Um, but I mean, it's, it's because of the thing is a tape show. Year. Yeah. A tape show. Nick. Here we go. Here we go. You did it, Nick. Nick, oh, you so set rancid. now you set me off. <laughs> I need the signal. Whatever the signal is, you got to figure it out because I'm about hey, to This is 2018. Legit. Everything yeah. happens instantly. We want to know the we're going to know things instantly. They got and, the power of ESPN behind them. They can make something I want happen. it televised and I want three sidecasts as well. That's what they did, you know, did for the college football championship. You had the I, multicast, the megacast, the cool room, the Kool Aid room. Yeah. yeah, I want I that wanna, for the. This is listen. This is entertain. That sports is entertainment. Sports is drama, and to deny that is to deny the very reason for your existence, Adam Silver. To deny entertainment, to deny drama. Like, what are we doing? I, I think I think Adam Silver and I just probably are underestimating the amount of people that will watch this oh no no oh like, yes i I, I, I was i wouldn't i wasn't gonna watch it i mean i'm like i'm, I'm selective like i'm like okay I'm, I'm not you know i'll catch the highlights like i'll you know I'll, it'll be on youtube it'll be on you know i can find it on twitter somewhere if they did it right though they could really play up the drama i mean you could go as big or as small with this as you wanted to because they've done selection of teams like uh, during halftime of the TNT games, right? Like like uh, Charles and Kennedy, they've picked like the rookie teams or something. I mean, they've done this yeah. before. It's not like it's a new model. Listen, so, I mean, listen, figure it out. listen, the National Hockey League did this exact same thing. They did the draft. They did the captains picking the teams and they televised it. Okay. That should be the end of any argument. <laughs> oh, well, listen, we don't want, listen, the NHL did it. And they televised it. You cannot right. be worse. You cannot be worse than the NHL. You cannot do something less than the NHL. Because yeah, why? Because players will feel awkward. Yeah. Okay. Look, if Steph Curry feels awkward about this, then then get Kevin Durant to do it. Whatever team captains will do it. LeBron James already seems like he's he's game to do this. Find two team captains that are game to do this. I bet you Tony Allen would do it. He it's the top two votes. First round, right. he picked Matthew Deladova. It's your top two vote getters, Doug. Those are your captains. I don't care. So. Well, fine. And if, well, if one of those doesn't want to do it, then pick somebody who will. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, they got to televise this thing or just go back to the old way. Like, who cares? That's, like, it's that's, not, my, that's my biggest problem, David. Why change it? Stop yelling at me. <laughs> There's the cue. <laughs> Why? Okay, I'm sorry. All right, I'll calm down. I'll calm down. Let me say this. That's a safe word. Stop yelling at me. Okay. You should be yelling at me. David agrees with you. <laughs> okay. Why change it if you're not going to televise it? Because the whole point of changing it is to make the game more interesting, is to make the game more entertaining, is to make the game different than it was in previous years because people were were beginning to lose uh, um, they were they were beginning to basically not pay attention to it anymore, and so your response to that is to change it, and then not allow people to pay attention to it. 
doesn't make any sense. I think there's still there'll still be plenty of media coverage. The the guys, the captains could like hint at stuff on social media. There's ways they could subtly like suggest who they're gonna pick. But like I, I agree that it's not the same as doing a live show. But that doesn't mean that like it's just gonna come out as like a list like they do the all star voting. Uh Keith you know? on here saying they televised the decision. Anything can be televised. That's right. That there's not there was the nothing dis- more awkward than the decision. The decision was disastrous. Was so <laughs> great. People love disasters. Why People are we hold on, Nick, Nick? Mr. Pre-tape, Mr. Put this thing on a on a 10-minute delay. I want every live event on a 10-minute delay to make sure that nothing weird happens. No, listen. People love disasters. People that's that's what would be the entertaining part of this is if something awkward happened. Get, don't deny people that. Why would you deny them the entertainment of that? Clearly, this is the upside of doing this whole thing, and to not do it is is uh, is dumb, in my opinion. So we'll see. But you know, at the NBA, they do listen. Adam Silver does listen to 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 you know feedback. We'll see if they if they reverse course here. They can do it quickly. I think that's what I'm, I think. If they really wanted to do it at the last minute, they could still set it up. I can tell you from experience, Papa Murphy's has never listened to me. I've sent them many letters about why. The, What's their wrong whole, with Papa Murphy's? Don't get $5 me started. pizzas oh, on oh, Fridays. Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> That's for another show. People who've been listening to this show a long time know my feelings on on fake pizza. Hashtag fake pizza. <clears throat> okay, uh, we did 30 minutes. That was good. I like this. It's a good fun Friday. Hope, you, hope that started your day off well. Um, I, I'm now shaking from how upset I was about the, the NBA All-Star <laughs> Sham, so that's a good start. Hey, real – Doug, yeah. Doug, real quick, we should mention uh, the Hornets have a game tonight, and that yeah. game yes. is against the Utah Jazz, mm-hmm. and they're a player on the Utah Jazz that uh, is getting a lot of attention. I haven't heard and- of him. Who is it? <laughs> you know, I, I, was, I wrote this. I wrote this in the preview. I said, "What what we need tonight more than anything is for Donovan Mitchell to have a bad night. We need to see him struggle because all we've seen of him is just dunks." and game-winning shots, and all these highlights out West. That will save the schadenfreude. Schadenfreude on Donovan Mitchell will save this Hornets fan base from slamming their fingers and windows and saying adios, my friends. I would just remember this, Nick and Doug. and Nick, I sent this over to Doug yesterday. Recall, I think if there's any fan base that truly has a right to claim outrage over not picking Donovan Mitchell, it's the Denver Nuggets because they picked him. And then they traded him to the Jazz for two players. For who? So Tra- Tra- it was Lyles Tra- and Lydon. And Lydon, right? Oof. Yeah. So uh, tough pill to swallow. That will get. But see, here's the thing, David. We know this from experience. That will get lost in the annals of history. All this will be is the Charlotte yeah. Hornets and the Detroit Pistons passed up Donovan Mitchell. No one will well, remember that Denver. Denver I mean, look. You know, I guess we'll see who ends up being better between Monk and uh No, it's decided right now. But yeah. Case closed. No, well, no, it's it's (laughs) like we get we just need to see him have a we just need to see him struggle to under be like, okay, like he's this is we just need that. I hear you, Nick. I hear you, but I want to see Donovan Mitchell in all of his glory because I was a big fan of him and we trumpeted him in the draft. So I I do want to see it up close and personal. Uh, I like the kid. I think he's going to be good. I still think, and I think we all think Malik Monk has the chance to get there as well. It's just a totally different situation for these two. Maybe we can talk about that next week. But, you know, Donovan Mitchell's a fun player to watch. I'll give you one. All right. All right. 
I'll give you yep. one. I'll give you one basketball thing before we get out of here. The Utah Jazz are second in the league in steals, so for the Charlotte Hornets, protecting the basketball tonight will be paramount for Kemba Walker, for Nick Batum, for Michael Carter Williams, and if Malik Monk has the opportunity to play for him as well, don't let them get into transition because their offense is good, but it's really only good when they're getting similar to the Charlotte Hornets. It's really only at its yeah. best. When they're out in transition, when they're getting early offense, when they can get cutters moving before the defense has an opportunity to get set. Other than that, they have a couple of good shooters in Ingles and Hood, but they're not really a great shooting basketball team. They're a team that you can disrupt offensively if you make sure you're, stay, you're staying attached to Ingles and Hood and you're not giving up the basketball uh, via steals, hey, then you got a good shot of winning this game. Yes, David. Is Hood, is Hood playing tonight? And if so, keep your cell phones down. If you're, if that's you're right. There. That's a good point. Hood, uh, is, I think he is playing because I think he's only going to get a fine from the league for. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the video crazy, of this, but dude. slapping. Can you imagine if that happened ten years ago and you slap something out of the hand of a fan? Yeah, there? if you haven't seen this, uh, Rodney Hood got a uh, got his second second technical in the last game and was ejected from the game. And as he walked out, a fan. Was was basically filming him on on his phone and Hood uh, was high fiving some people and then high five that guy's phone right out of his hand. But it wasn't a high five; it was definitely on purpose. Knocked the phone out of the hand. Hey, listen, I'm just I think it's nice and refreshing in this day and age to see a millennial put a phone down. I think that's oh, yeah. good. That guy was not a millennial. <laughs> no, I'm saying Hood. He put it down. He said, "Listen, pay attention to the basketball well, game that's in front of you." But a millennial recognized that he should have put his phone down. So that's, you know, shout out to Rodney Hood. Shout out. Shout out to Rodney I, Hood. I respect it. I respect that move. That was that was that was fantastic. That was great. I, I know. I I loved it too. I think listen, you when you're on that front row, you gotta protect protect your phone, but also protect your drink. We've had multiple instances of of uh sideline fans of that one the other night. Yeah, I know. They they keep spilling their drinks. Guys, if you go to a game and you pay uh, for the expensive seats, just hold on to your drinks. I know, listen, I know that $10 for a beer is probably nothing to you. It's pennies to you. It's half of a penny to you. But just, but it doesn't matter. Protect the drink because you're, you're delaying the basketball game. That's all I'm saying. All right, see, I had to end it with one more rant. Okay. Locked on Hornets, this is Doug Ranson. Doug Ranson <laughs> and Nick Denning from the Capital City and from the mean streets of Cotswold, David Walker, thanks to my panel. Thanks for listening. It's been a great week of Locked On Hornets, and we're back again next week. Uh, we'll recap this weekend of Hornets action. Thanks so much for listening and watching us. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Locked On Hornets. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. Sign up at Draft.com. Come play fantasy basketball with us using our promo code LOHORNETS. We're going to put Nick to bed. He's sleepy. We're going to get him some warm milk. Uh, put up, put him, uh, put him on a, a tape of last year's All Star Game so that he feels comfortable, that he feels safe. He knows nothing, nothing bad is going to happen. All, all is right with the world on tape delay. All right, for David and Nick, I'm Doug. Go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm the Sharks.